This episode is brought to you by MSW Nutrition and Lounge, a partner in the Howdy Health Network. For decades, I've struggled with various gut and autoimmune issues, which have forced me to alter my life and career. Within the last year, though, after undergoing numerous blood tests, I've discovered that a majority of my health problems, they've been linked to vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Because I am now able to see what I was deficient in, I can also supplement against those deficiencies with the proper daily vitamins and minerals, as well as receive weekly IVs that are specific to my needs. This has changed the game for me. Today, not only do I feel like a completely new person, my ability to focus in life and business has increased, my athletic performance is better now than when I was a collegiate athlete, and most importantly, the relationship I have with myself, as well as the people I care about most, they are all thriving, and I'd love for you to feel the same way. So no matter where you are at in your health journey, whether it is scheduling your blood work or supplementing for your health needs, the beautiful part is the community at MSW and How Do Health, they will listen to you and help you figure out the best path for you. So go to howdoyouhealth.com and use code THRIVE15 for 15% off all products and services. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is with my wife, Erin Finley. She's been on the show plenty of times before, so be sure to check out all the other episodes that she is on. In this episode, we chat about how you can become healthier and happier this holiday season. We both know by personal experience that the holidays can be stressful time that can cause all types of feelings, ranging from anxiety and depression to grief and anger. And if you follow our journey, you know that we use the themes of mindset, mental health, nutrition, exercise, and sleep to improve the quality of our own lives. And today, we want to give back and help you do the same thing. So tune into this episode to learn more about these health themes and how all of us can do our part to be healthier and happier to end this year. So let's welcome back to the show, Aaron Finley. What is up, fam? CJ Finley here, back with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. I'm so happy to have you. And today, I have my wife, Aaron Finley, on the podcast again. We do this every quarter, but we're probably going to start adding a little bit more episodes together. We want to start something called Thrive on Health, and this is the first go-around of that where we talk more about not only our health journey, but just common health problems, practices, tips, tricks, because we're huge believers that if you're a healthy, you're way more likely to be happy, and we want a healthier and happier world to live in. So today's topic is going to be about how the holidays are coming up, and it can be stressful and a quite unhealthy time when it should be happy time, a lot of people's health kind of takes a little bit of a dip. So we're going to chat where we want to give you practical tips and tricks, as well as some of the things that we've done or not done over the years that have been helpful or not helpful, and just go from there. But before we get started, how are you doing? On I'm this great. I'm Sunday afternoon? glad to be back. It feels like it was a really fast quarter because it's been a while since we've done this, but also feels like it was just yesterday. So looking forward to be back on here a little bit more often. Health is a huge passion of mine, mainly because I've overcome a lot of health issues in my past. It's been probably about 15 years now in the works, and I'm still getting over that journey of sickness. And I would say I'm Cross the chasm of what I now consider to be in my prime health. So always looking to optimize it though and love that we can use this platform as a way to share some of our learnings and lessons from over the years and what we've experienced to potentially help and impact others. So looking forward to this talk. Awesome. Likewise. And yeah, I'm excited to have you on here more. So we're going to break this down into mindset, mental health, nutrition, exercise, and sleep. So for those that are listening right now, if you're interested in those different areas, feel free to skip ahead to whatever area that you're going to that piques your interest the most. So we're going to go in that order. Like I said, mindset, mental health, nutrition, exercise, sleep. And we have a couple questions within each. 
And I haven't seen these. I've only saw them for like two seconds. So it's going to be a hot interview off the press. here. Yeah. So just like always answer honestly and transparently. But we're starting with mindset because mindset is really what gets you anywhere in life. So setting intentions is really the one that I want to start with. A lot of people going into the holidays, I don't know about you, but in the past, I felt rushed going into the holidays because I have all these goals and these intentions that I want to kind of complete before the end of the year. And I find it hard to balance completing those goals and the intentions that I have with also relaxing with my family and friends and just enjoying that time. So the first kind of question I want to dive into with you is how have you handled going into the holidays with all the work and things that you have to do for yourself, but also kind of kicking back and spending that time to relax? It's a good question. I think in today's world, the holidays tend to get society into a mindset focused around the wrong things. And I think- Define those wrong things. Wrong things as in we're worried about where we have to be, all the people we have to see, the gifts that we have to get, the things that we have to get done, like you said. And it's like an inflection point in our timeline of life each year where it's a little bit of overwhelm to the point that you brought up earlier. Sometimes it's, oh, there's all this stuff I wanted to do this year that I didn't get to do. And now it's this time where I either rush to get it done or there it goes and they're kind of negative and discouraged. Or it's, focusing on, oh, I have to get somebody this gift or that or these things. And I think it really should be a time of just appreciation and gratitude to be able to spend it, hopefully, with the people in your life that matter to you. And I'd say to answer your question about how I have a mindset around not getting into that frame of mind, I don't really think of the end of the year as a point of anything. Like I I tend to think, okay, I have how many more months left? Three more months left of 2021. What do I want to accomplish in those months? Sure. But I'm not like, oh, some things have to be done for this year or else. You know, I think life is just one continuous stretch of time. Time's all we have. Time can be, it can feel infinite, but it really is finite. So I think if you approach each day as a new opportunity and try not to set really strict targets like that for yourself, it can feel less overwhelming. I like how you went into like time there. I think it's a weird construct a year in itself. I've said this before on here, but we tend to overestimate what we can get done in a year and underestimate what we can get done in 10 years. And if we really think about a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year span, the gifts and the presence and all that stuff, do you remember no. like those gifts or anything like that? No. You just remember the memories with the people at a specific time, at a specific time experience. Yeah. That's my words I up think there. I think holidays are a time that many people look forward to. Uh, it brings a nostalgic feeling to most people. And I think that that's what it's all about. It should be it, you should embrace that feeling. And I look forward to a change in the feeling of the weather and different traditions. And I actually don't really have any traditions growing up. And that's something that you know, I think about sometimes and I'm like, hmm, that would have been interesting if I did have some. Well, you get a chance to start them now. Do I want to start any traditions? Like, And the kind of the rabbit hole I want to go down now is something that I've learned and I can help other people out there is focusing on quality over quantity. Because if you're like us, we don't live near our family. So one of the tough choices we have to make during the holiday seasons is like, where do we go? And what do we do? And why do we do it? And one of the things that I focused on in the past like decade, I think, is wherever I'm going to be, it's going to be present. So I'm not going to try and see everyone for 10 minutes here at a time, rather pick and choose different times to see different people and just like really be present with those people. So if you're like us and you have you're kind of away and you need to travel to your family, don't be stressed out about the fact that you can't see everybody all at once. Just this is why they make FaceTime and ways to communicate with other family members where you can communicate with them. Hey, we're not here this time, but maybe next year or the next holiday or something like that. And then you can be fully present with everybody. 
I think that's one of the toughest parts about moving so far away from home and having limited time when you do go back home, you feel this immense pressure to be everywhere at the same time. And undoubtedly, there will be people that you don't get to see. And I think it's just over time you realize that those people have to understand. And sometimes those people do end up moving themselves and then they do understand, right? Like your parents, for example, are yeah. experiencing that. So it's never about that, you know, you don't want to see certain people, but it's more so to your point, quality over quantity. And I think one of the things that we've done in the past couple of years is if we're not going home for the holidays, and sometimes we d choose to make that decision because we don't want to be scattered everywhere and we know that everyone's time is limited during that time and it's a busy time for example to just be back home so we have made trips in september time frame august where we feel like we have more quality time to be able to spend with people that we don't typically see that often and that's worked out well for us yeah let's let's transition into the next question where there's kind of like a a complete pivot so i mentioned having the holidays be happy and healthy, but the hard reality is that a lot of people are grieving during the holidays because whether you lost somebody or it's just a time that doesn't give you the best of memories, it can be very difficult. And one of the things that I know you've experienced is that very situation. And I'd love for you to just speak to how have you continued to bring good energy in the holidays, even though it does bring a lot of grief because there's people out there listening who are probably struggling with the same thing where you don't have to be the depressed person that doesn't get up and, and go do good things because I've never seen you like that, but I do know that it does affect you. So yeah. I'd love for you to speak to that a little bit. So for context, I lost my father seven and a half years ago to a heart attack really unexpectedly and I was really close with him. I spent every holiday with him growing up and... So my parents were divorced growing up. And so holidays were split where, you know, I would wake up at my mom's house and then I would spend all day with my dad. So, and that was years and years. And that evolved a little bit as I got older, but there was always time spent, right? And he was a really, really integral part of my life and a close person to me. And so obviously that shook my life and I would be lying to say that holidays are easy in any way for me but it's something I try to just give myself time. So sometimes I'll have a feeling of grief come over me and I don't even realize it necessarily until it's passed because I'm like kind of in a funk. And so now that it's been several years, I just sort of know the pattern. And I know that when it gets closer to those times, like Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas, and I just give myself the grace to feel what I need to feel and to isolate when I need to isolate and just the peace of knowing that that's okay to be that way. And also just not feeling resentful towards anyone who doesn't quite understand how I feel. So I think that was one of the hardest things. And to anybody who's new to grieving someone that they've lost or something, I think one of the hardest things to accept is that the people that you might be closest to in that time beyond that point of loss will not understand how you feel and that's okay and you can't expect them to and all they can do is the best that they can do and i think you've done a really good job of just letting me be and not trying to overstep or make me feel a certain way that i need to feel and i think to the point about just being positive it's knowing what makes you feel good and doing that it might look different at different times but for me it's just giving myself the space to do the things that do make me happy during those times when I'm particularly vulnerable and upset and that that really helps. So whether it's going for a run, I actually did start a tradition on Thanksgiving ever since I lost my father because every Thanksgiving morning he'd call me up and say, can we go for a run? And so every morning we would get our run in before the Thanksgiving meal. And so ever since he died, I do that run for him. And I do that on Christmas too. And that's just been a really special thing to me to kind of live out that kind of feel like I'm with him during that time. And so I would encourage anyone to maybe it's start something, light a candle, say a prayer or something with the people that are still around that love you, just to kind of show your respect to, to whoever you lost and make it a part of that. 
Yeah, it's never an easy thing. And I think coming from the side of somebody who is supporting somebody that is grieving, one of the things that we've communicated to each other, and I try to say fairly frequently is if you are having those feelings, like communicating those is, is a top priority because I can't, from my end, I can't help meaning like, I can't even try to understand unless you communicate like, Hey, like, cause that was a big problem in the beginning of a relationship. We would get towards holidays and like, I'm all excited and I just because we down. get some free time to spend <laughs> with each other. Like we're both such hard workers and we don't get as much free time as I wish we had together at this point or prior. And holidays are a great time for us to just spend time with each other and just enjoy each other's company. And in the beginning, it was a little bit of a shock, but again, it's, learning lessons and learning when to give you space and and how to be helpful, which is just like, I think some of the things that I've done is just like understanding that like, if you're going to, if you want to do this run, like, where are we going running? And just like supporting that and, and kind of like leaning into some of the things I know that make you happy. And I think that has been super helpful. And over the past couple of years, I, can, I have seen it becomes more of, instead of, the grieving aspect to celebration of exactly. life. Exactly, that's and what I meant to say. Yeah, and I think just anybody who has gone through this or is maybe going through this for the first time, or I'm sure everyone at some point will feel it, unfortunately, but grief certainly has different stages. And in the beginning, I was, I would say I was a little bit resentful. I don't know if that's the word, but I was frustrated and mad and I didn't like the holiday because I felt like just wasn't fair. And now as the years go by, like I've learned to do the things to celebrate and to just like be happy for those that I do get to spend my time with and try to think of the good times. And that's what it's all about. Make new memories. Right. I love that. And I'm proud of you. Thanks. So after that heavy stuff, we're going to stick with a little bit of heavy stuff which is mental health. And I wanted to start with more of the heavier stuff because I think that's something that doesn't get talked to as much before we get into the nutrition, the exercise, all that fun stuff. So mental health, the biggest thing I can reflect on when it comes to mental health and the holidays is like how anxious I get due to traveling and being in airplanes, trains, cars, whatever it is, and being off my routine. I don't know if that's everybody, but I can assume that the normal human being has a routine and a regimen and they kind of like well, being like in that comfortable situation, right? So when we get to travel, we go to other people's houses, we're on other people's times, and we don't necessarily get to, in my eyes, wake up with the right frame of mind every single day. And I don't necessarily mean wake up as in waking up from sleep, but like, I just feel off because I haven't gotten to bring myself to be in the energy that I normally do. So with that being said, what are some of the tips that you have kind of used? Because I know that you've struggled with this as well. So that other people out there that when they are traveling or they are anxious, how can they find themselves to reduce that state and still be calm, cool, and collected and bring in the energy that they want to bring. I like this question. I would ask you just to take that a little step further. You said you feel anxious when you have to travel because you're going to be off your routine, but where is that coming from? Is it that you feel like you won't be as productive in your day or what about it do you feel like affects you? So when I think of anxiety, what causes anxiety a lot of times is overwhelm. So for me, it's, I have all these options and when there's only two options, like when I'm at home, there's limited options because I've created my life like that. Like how I've mapped out my days and my weeks, like I've said no to a lot of things, right? So I create this like tunnel vision, which is comfortable, right? And even though I'm somebody that seeks to be uncomfortable, I do like a routine and a regimen to be focused on. And when we go to the unknown, like when we're traveling and you don't necessarily know what you're going to be getting into... I start thinking of all these people I could see, all the things I could do. And it becomes very overwhelming because I don't have a car to go do them. I don't have, I don't know what schedule my parents or my friends or my families are on. So it's like kind of like information overload for me while I'm traveling. And normally the, the problem I've had in the past is again, I work up to the very minute that we're leaving and I don't necessarily give myself the time to think like, 
okay, what do I want the next week to look like? And how do I say no to things prior to even getting there? That's what I'm working on. So that's one tip from me. But that's really what I mean by anxiety. Just It overwhelm. sounds like what you're saying is that we've kind of optimized our habits and systems in our current life so that we minimize outside little stressors that would influence the day, right? And then when we go to a new place or we go back home and we're not on our time and not on our schedule, those little stressors can come back in. And that's where it's like on top of whatever the day brings, you have all these other little things that normally would be like smooth sailing, but now you have to worry about and ultimately, Extra I like stuff. to make people happy. So like when when we're here, my focus is on if you're happy and I'm happy, we're good, right? But when we go travel, it's just like I feel like I want to make everyone that is around me happy. And it's just like you set these lofty expectations in your head, which isn't fair to yourself. But again, that's human nature to do that. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Aaron. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before you get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Aaron Finley. I think it all comes down to, yeah, habits are great, systems are even better, but I think there's a point to which habits can be Detrimental is a strong word, but too rigid can lead to more problems, right? So something that I've experienced in the past is very type A person and throughout college and after college and adulthood, whatever, I was extremely rigid with my schedule and my, the things that I needed to do. And when something throws off your routine, that can be really like a setback and it can be cause stress and anxiety. And so what I've learned to do over the years is to be a lot more flexible and agile with the things that I know are priorities that can get done in a window of time versus a very rigid structure. So when it comes to traveling, if I know that exercise is important to me, eating healthy is important to me, getting good sleep is important to me, and being able to be in an environment where I can do the things I need to do while I'm traveling, I figure out how to do that. So I think we've done a much better job in the past several years figuring out like when we go home, it's okay, we know we're not gonna have our car, we're gonna be on someone else's time, we're gonna have, probably have to find food on our own because we both have lots of restrictions and <laughs> specific food needs. So we have adapted to say, you know what, we're going to figure it out when we get there. We're going to bring what we can. Sometimes we even order it and get it shipped there. And I think that's a good little life hack. When it comes to exercise, it's like, okay, I've molded my life now where I know I want to have movement in every day. But if I am on a running schedule and I need to run 30 miles a week, I don't need to say Monday is going to be this, Tuesday is going to be this, Wednesday is this. And then when that gets thrown off because I have a late meeting, all hell breaks loose. It'll get done, and when it works best for my body and the day, that's when it gets done. And so being much more flexible with when I do the things that are important to me has helped me a lot in terms of reducing the stress when travel or other circumstances kind of interfere with that process. It's a great response. And one of the things that I think about, shout out to my buddy Tyler from our Men We Admire group. He mentioned to me one time, we were in a in a group chat and he's like, I take you as the guy that likes to be in the driver's seat. 
and not just like driving a car, but in life, like you want to be in the driver's seat. But he mentioned that when you're in the driver's seat, you don't get the views that the passengers have. So you don't get the view of life, of the mountains, of the beach, if you're focused on driving the car at all times. And it really hit home with me because when I thought about travel and when I thought about these things, and you've probably seen that like, we've been doing way a lot better at like just being flexible and, and, and agile because we've just reduced our kind of like our expectations. Exactly. And so that's, yeah. Reduced our expectations and controlled our controllables. And that's where one of the things I, I would give you as a tip is to tell yourself where in life are you going to be the passenger and then where are you going to be the driver? And for me, like the place that I have to be the driver is like you mentioned food. Like I have certain things that if I don't eat, I will not feel well. And then ultimately it won't be a great experience for not just only me, but the people around me because yeah. I'm going to be an, an asshole. So I control that by if we're on a flight, I bring the food with me. If we're going to be somewhere that's like, remote we ship food in or get the groceries delivered so there's just like little tips and tricks um, we've also like that if apply to everything it's going to be us we've just us on a trip somewhere where we're not going to be near family or friends we always airbnb versus a hotel because for us in our circumstances with food uh it's just a lot easier to buy groceries we actually save money that way too and we enjoy it because we feel like we can experience the place more so as like as if we were living there so that was one hack that we've kind of picked up over the years but yeah i'd say just to summarize that habits are great in establishing more i guess positive behaviors but not to the point where you feel like you are putting blinders up to opportunities or living in the present so i think Structure is great. Systems are great for positive habits, but make sure that you reflect every now and then and make and are still living in the moment, especially when it comes to traveling and spending time with other people. During the holidays and, and traveling and all the stuff that comes around with it, what seems to cause you the most mental health stress over the years, if you can think back? What seems to like push your buttons? I think... For one, uh, the grief is a big one for me. I'd say that's probably top because it's hard to control. I've tried my best to do things, like I said, that make me feel better when that does come over me. But that's probably the biggest one when it comes to holidays just because it's on my mind and it's probably the biggest thing on my mind, but I know it's not on anyone else's mind. It might be for some people, but for those that weren't affected by what I was affected by, like it's not on their mind and they aren't thinking what I'm thinking. So that's one thing for me, like empathy is a huge, I guess, value for me where no matter who I'm talking to, I always try to keep in mind, like you don't know what someone's feeling in any moment. So just always kind of be mindful about the things that you are projecting. And I just think that that's an important thing to consider at all times. The second thing I think is that it's difficult because since we've moved away and since I've established a life on my own away from home, I have certain things that I do that really bring me fulfillment each day. And at home, sometimes it can be hard to implement those same things. But like I said, we've been doing better with that. And so I think it's just the stress and the mental side of things can come up if the things that you use as tools to make yourself you know, feel better and manage stress aren't as readily available to you. I like that. I think for me, the thing that causes me the most distress, I'm not an angry person, but I get ticked off. Like we purposely live in Austin because it's a certain mentality here and people live in a certain way. And when we travel, other people don't always see eye to eye with that way. And a great example is on your Instagram story, like, Yesterday, you were talking about less is more, where you don't really need much in life. I get very frustrated when, whether it's friends or family, set expectations around, it could be anything, and then those expectations don't get met, and then they cause problems. And for me, it's just like, this isn't a big deal. So it causes kind of conflict within that relationship. And this has happened in many different instances, but a good example is not to pick on my brother. We have a great relationship, but one time we were traveling and he was ticked off for whatever reason. And I was just like, man, calm down, like just chill out. 
Like it's not a big deal. And I think he said something to the effect of like, you can't just be that lax about things or something in, in those lines. And it got me thinking and I was just like, well, yeah, you can. We At any given moment, we can control how we respond to things and how we act. And we were literally on an RV on a beach at that time. And it just got me really interested in diving down that rabbit hole of the human psyche and how we like literally tunnel vision into our feelings. And we can't really see from like the eagle eye view of like, man, everything is going to be fine. Everything well, is Well, it's cool. like we're conditioned to think that things that initially frustrated us are such a big deal. But imagine if we were conditioned to think that nothing is a big, like, and obviously I've done not a lot to of the work. point of laziness, but to the point of you can control what you can control. And there's things that matter and there's things that don't. And if something frustrates you, what can you do about it? And then move on. I think nothing frustrates me more than people that complain about things that they have the power to change. And like, okay, why? okay. You do this though. Okay, sure. Where? At home. You'll complain about something when you can change it. Oh, I don't like how this is laying around. Okay, pick it up. Oh, that's not what I'm talking about. That's the same thing. It's the same thing, just in a little, <laughs> okay. a little micro spec. Is Cleaning it not? Cleaning is literally... a whole different subject <laughs> no, here. I'm not even thing. talking about that. It's, but it's a microcosm of like things you can change. So I'm just calling you out there. I'm not letting you get away with that. But I get frustrated with that as well. Where I guess the word I'm looking for here is perspective. And I think moving to Austin and hanging around people that are much wiser than I am has given me a new perspective on life and meditating and doing some of the things that we do these days has really given me that perspective of what matters and what doesn't. And when I'm around other environments where people don't have that perspective, it's funny because then I get frustrated. Well, it also makes me notice more that we have that perspective, which I think is good sometimes because I think we've been practicing this for so long, this perspective and what matters and what doesn't, that when you're removed or put in an environment where it's clear that people, that's not their natural instinct, it makes you realize like, wow, I'm glad I'm going to keep having this perspective and, and keep <laughs> sharpen working at it. it. Keep, yeah. yeah, keep working at it. And yeah, that's great advice. Next question. This is more of like a rapid fire, anything you can think of that somebody can practically take action on. They're going into the holidays. It's 2021. Obviously, it's been crazy two years, stressful for a lot of people, they're feeling overwhelmed. What are some things that they can do to like lessen that overwhelming feeling? And I'm talking like, is it journaling? Is it meditating? Is it running? Like, what do you think the average person can do a little bit more of to lessen that overwhelming feeling? I think it's very common to feel overwhelmed, but it's not as common to ask yourself why you feel overwhelmed. So for me, when I'd feel overwhelmed, I actually try to break it all down. And I think writing it out helps me a lot too, however you want to segment it in your mind. But if I think about the things that are causing overwhelm for me, and I can visualize why it is, and then I think through, okay, what is the worst case scenario of these situations? And then you kind of have some peace around the fact that usually you're able to say, okay, I can handle that. And just kind of working through it mentally is a big help, writing it out, journaling it, just having confidence that you will get through it. So sometimes for me, it's reflecting on a past overwhelming experience and remembering how I got through that situation. And I think what's helped me the most with overwhelm and anxiety for like tough things is purposely putting myself in tough situations like when I have a choice to do a tough thing or not I choose the tough thing just so I can like practice getting through the overwhelm of it. Naval Ravikant has a saying that like if you have if you're struggling between two choices pick the harder one. Definitely not easy to always do that but I think fitness is a good example for me where I purposefully try to challenge myself in that realm of things so that the same mental strength is the same thing I have to do when it comes to something in my work or some other aspect of life. I really like how you attacked the feeling of overwhelm, meaning why did you get there in the first place? Because it makes me think of my friend Sarah from WIT talked about subtraction equals addition. And then I've been putting out a couple pieces of content for that. If you ask yourself, why are you overwhelmed? And you figure that out, you know what to subtract out to then add in time 
where you're not going to be overwhelmed. So that brings up a great point too, because a lot of the times when we're overwhelmed, there are things that we can minimize to make what's really important for us to focus on a little easier to focus on. So I just tweeted something that's like, we need to focus more on less things because I think most of us get overwhelmed because we're trying to do too much when a lot of that stuff that's on our plate is probably not. And here's, here's, this is one of my, I don't know who says this, but like you don't cure overwhelm by overdoing. There's a lot of people that think you cure the overwhelm by doing more. But then what are you really doing? But then you're overwhelming yourself even more. So I think for me, if, if I were to give you one tip, it would be ask yourself the question that Aaron asked, but write out everything because I found that when I write, one, I don't forget it. Two, I'm like a thousand times more likely to actually take action on it, but I can also come back to it where I think a lot of people, especially if you're overwhelmed, you're having racing thoughts all the time. And when I write, I can write out, oh, I'm being overwhelmed by X, Y, Z, but then I really realize like that's that's nothing. Like why why am I even worried about this, right? But in your head, the legitimacy you just have to get that out. it becomes really clear. And sometimes it's like you have to think about it in a third person too. That helps. So I'll think like, okay, if I was reading this, if it was someone else's overwhelmed, like what would I say to that person? Mm. That helps me. That's great. Advice. It also helps. I mean, like I said, focus more on fewer things. So when you think about all the things that are overwhelming you, there's bound to be things on that list that are not important that can but wait. But what if that question alone is overwhelming? What if that question of what do I get rid of is overwhelming? Because I feel then that you really got problems. <laughs> then I feel like that, I feel like that's a major problem for people because it's like I I want to do all these ten things. How do I get to the three? You got to prioritize. Top three. I think prioritization is a, a huge factor. And you can what? do it all, but just not all at once. Right. And that's where it goes back to the very beginning of our conversation where we have to stop thinking about these like definitive timelines all the time, especially when it comes to things that are just personal things we want to accomplish, because a lot of times we just put unnecessary stress on ourselves. So if you just think about your time as a continuum, obviously you have to think about it and act and not as if you have all this time to live and do things, but reduce some of the burden by realizing that there's going to be a priority order for the things that are important to you just based on what you feel in that time. So I think it can always be adjusted. Nutrition. Okay, switching awesome. gears. Switching gears a little bit. We get asked a lot about nutrition and it's not something that I really speak to a lot with the reason being it's very complicated for many different reasons. And it's one of those things that it's not like math. It's not like two plus two equals four, where you can just say, we know for a fact two plus two equals four. For nutrition, it's very different. I could eat one thing, feel great. It nourishes me. Erin could eat the same thing and she's bloated. And that's why it creates a lot of complications. And I have a problem with the kind of like the, the media out there when it comes to nutrition, because they don't come at it from that way of like, hey, this is what we found, but you need to find the solution for yourself and try different things. So the first question kind of falls in line with this. What would you consider as quote unquote healthy to eat during the holiday season? Real food. Okay. I have a shirt on here that says real food is medicine. What is real food? Anything that has one ingredient and it comes from the earth of some sort. I think we overcomplicate a lot in our food system and something I've been studying a lot lately I love the point that you made about how it's so individual Been studying a lot about just chronic disease and how it evolves to where we are today and the root of a lot of the problems that we're facing in today's society with sickness. And there is not a one size fits all answer to the optimal diet or the optimal lifestyle that someone should live. There are certainly lifestyle behaviors that are for the greater good, that if everyone did it, we would all be in a much better world from a health standpoint. But to your point, everyone's bio-individuality is, chemical makeup is different. And so what works for you may not work for me, may not work for my family. And I have certain genetic predispositions that you don't have. And we have to take all of that into consideration. And I think that's something that many people don't take into consideration. And we are fed a lot of marketing material in today's day and age that certain things are healthy and certain 
fads are healthy. And if you think back to 10 years ago when I guess it was low fat was the thing that you that saw. Was 20 years ago. However 90s. many years ago. Um, and then science continues to disprove those things, but they are marketing trends that people latch onto. And so I think be mindful of what you see being marketed and always think about the more real food that you can eat, the better it will be for you. Here's what I have to say. If you have to be marketed a food, it's probably not that great for you. Because how many commercials do you see where they market fruits and vegetables? Not that often. Fruit juices, which is are super sugary and have different additives in it. But I think to summarize it in one sentence, if the universe made it prior to manufacturing plants, that's a great place to start. Most of your food should be there. And then 20% or so, enjoy your life. But we're not getting to that point yet. What we're making right now is what do you define as healthy? And for me, if I were to tell anybody that's listening to this in a conversation one-on-one, I would say, if you can kill it or you can grow it, that's a great place to start. And that takes away the processing of it. There's so many variables that go into it because now it's like, okay, where did that food come from? So if it's a vegetable, what type of soil was it grown in? And then if it's an animal, what type of food was that animal eating? So we can go all the way down that. We're, we're not going to do that in this episode, but I'm just giving you the information that, okay, start with this one sentence. Like before manufacturing plants existed, what were people eating? That's a great place to start. And then after that, if you want to figure out the levels of healthy fruits and vegetables or animals, what are the animals eating? Where are they being raised? How are they being treated? And then for fruits and vegetables, what type of soil are they being produced in? Stick to the basics. Yeah, stick to the basics. Keep it super simple. KISS methodology. If it's not sustainable, it is hard to be consistent. So what are some tips to creating a sustainable nutrition regimen during the holidays? So you're traveling, And when you say sustainable, you mean you can't sustain it as a habit or it's not environmentally sustainable? (laughs) No, sustainable is a habit. So we're traveling. We don't have our car. We don't have, we're on somebody else's time and we want to maintain the definition that I just laid out for health. How does somebody do that? Because if you can't be consistent with it, people just won't do it. So how do we consistently continue to maintain our nutrition regimen, even though like we travel a bunch? I think we just stick to that basic principle of we know the foods that make us feel and live better day to day. We know what foods don't make us feel good. So wherever we are, I think we have to be adaptable to the circumstances. But I think we've done a good job of just molding the situation. Do you have any hacks? Yeah, I already shared some. We either... Not all of them. So for, for like me, a hack would be smoothies. So you're, you're on a time crunch. Make a smoothie. Yeah, not everyone can do that. So Go to a smoothie place. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just as simple as look for as much of the real food that you can get. Okay, let me, let me dig a little further. I don't have time to cook. What do I do? Like it's as simple as like a lot of people won't even think about this. Grab an avocado, cut it in half, pour some salt on it or some everything but a bagel seasoning, eat the avocado. That's like packed with nutrients and it's going to sustain you probably for six hours. That's like literally a lunch. So it's going to sustain you until you are able to do whatever that nutritious meal you're really craving. It's going to buy you some time there. So that would be like one hack. But for you, what are some of the things that you do? It depends. Like give me an example of where would I be on a work trip, on a family trip. You're going to a work trip. What do you do? This is hard. I mean, this is something I struggled with a lot when I was traveling a lot for work, just because you're often with a group and you don't have a lot of control over what the group does or where the group decides to go or what the time frame of eating. And so it can empathize with anybody that has allergies or whatever food restrictions and has to be in those environments. It's, it can be tough and that can cause stress too. For me, it's being honest with like the organizer it's not being afraid to speak up because ultimately you have to realize that if you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation where you just are going to eat whatever the group's eating because you don't want to say something because you don't want to be perceived as like causing a burden, if you don't want to be a burden to the situation, just remember that like 
nobody would want you to be sick and you want to be able to be yourself and be able to contribute in a positive way to the, the rest of the trip. So it's in everyone's best interest if you speak up and it's usually not a big deal. So some of the things that I've done, especially if it's like at a restaurant that I wouldn't normally choose myself, but if it's with the circumstances, you can always just ask for like chicken, vegetables, like if it's not specifically on the menu, like you can ask for basic things and they can make it for you. So that, that was a hack that I've I've okay. picked up. Over awesome. The years. That's what I was looking for. It's like keep it simple. Keep like, it simple. Like, a lot of people. I'll just say, can I have a grilled chicken with this? They and get I'll overwhelmed. See it on the menu, and I just put it together, and they're like, okay, that's weird, but okay. They'll get overwhelmed <laughs> and then self sabotage. And really, it's when you're trying to be consistent and sus- create sustainable habits. It's understanding that it's not as bad as you make it seem to be in our head. Like there's so many stores all around us where you could go in, like there's an H-E-B down the street. Like I can literally take 10 minutes out of my day, go grab some simple things and maybe eat prior to going out to eat with other people. That's things that I've done in the past. So it's just like figuring out what works for you at your home. And then prior to traveling, understanding you might have to sacrifice and do some of those things. So it's funny you answered the last question in nutrition where it was, how do you politely decline the family-made foods that don't sit well with you? Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't decline it. And I think it's just, at the end of the day, nobody's nobody cares, right? Like I think, but I also think people. like today, it's easier in today's world because a lot of people are waking up to the fact that like the foods we are eating are causing issues. So I feel like more people have issues than non-issues these days. But one of the things that, that I've always done is just explain my, the more transparent I am with my situation, the easier it's been. It, instead of just saying, no, thank you, it's more so, I really appreciate that you made this, but here's the reason that I cannot eat this. Like, And everyone always empathizes with that, puts them themselves in your shoes. Awesome. We got exercise and sleep left. So exercise, where, what, how does someone go about staying on their exercise routine during the holidays? Mm, this is why I'm so passionate about like, exercising in a simplistic way and by that I mean I run so that doesn't require anything but running shoes I do a lot of body weight exercises so obviously that doesn't require a gym or a certain setup a lot of what I do on a regular basis can be done anywhere in a small space outside really anywhere so I try to practice that because I know that how did you Especially, get to that? So I got to that. That's a great point. So what I was going to say is that I got to that way of being because I used to travel a lot for work. I used to be a lot more on the go. I've always had a very inflexible, I guess, if you will, schedule in terms of work because things will come up and it's not always predictable. So I have prioritize movement and exercise as like a core value in my life. I have to do it. It makes me feel really good. And also I know the importance that it has over the long-term life span of myself. (laughs) So for me, it's really important. Um, And I've just been open to adapting how it gets done. So like just being outside makes me feel better too. I've spent a lot of time in hotels traveling for work. So anything where I can just break a sweat get some movement in, feel better uh, in a small space. And I've learned that sometimes like body weight type exercises are even more challenging to me, like, because I think that you can always evolve them. And so like yoga and like calisthenics training like we do, um, that's my go-to just because there's always like a next level of it. You can scale it back, make it low intensity or you can ramp up the intensity. So it's very adaptable. Um, So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. So I'm a big advocate for exercising in a way that one, pick exercises that you're going to do consistently, but two, you don't need any like fancy equipment or you don't have to have a certain setup in a gym to get the benefits. I would say for me, the thing that I think about is like setting yourself up for success. So if you're going to be traveling what I'll do is I literally go on Google Maps and see like what's around me, parks, gyms, studios, and then also depending on the weather, what do I need to bring to make sure that exercising is comfortable? So I'm going kind of in the nitty gritty because this is the things that like people don't think about. Yeah, I'd say you're a little different than me. You're more like you need a gym. I'm more like I just need my running shoes and I'm good. (laughs) 
I mean, I can do both, but I mean, like, as a male, like, if I go longer than, like, probably three or four days without pushing, pulling weight, one, I lose my muscles start not activating the way that they should be because I've been doing this for so long. Um, uh, I think resistance bands But are also the, the motivation. Well, that was what I was going to talk about, like setting yourself up for success. I bring resistance bands everywhere I go. So packing things, a jump rope, resistance bands, things that you can bring with you pretty much anywhere to get the job done and just buy you time. That's the thing for me is just like when I'm traveling, I'm looking to maintain. I'm not necessarily looking to get to my next level and not setting that expectation. I think a lot of people stress out because they're like, oh, now I'm not going to I'm not going to be able to stay on track of whatever my routine was or whatever, but it's like it's kind of like pressing pause and then honestly, I love it because when we travel and I kind of just maintain, when I come back I'm fired up and then I like hit a next level because I'm actually excited to get back to the program that I was on prior to traveling. So one of the things that I do is just like if I'm comfortable when I'm working out, like that's when I that's when I thrive. But it's just like example would be we live in Austin, it's warm most of the time, and you fly into Boston and you didn't bring any cold weather gear, like and you don't want to go to a gym, like you're not gonna work out because you don't want to be cold outside. So it's just like understanding like you're gonna need gloves, a hat. It's really thinking about it from the terms of what how do you set yourself up for success to make sure that when you get there, you're not gonna second guess and be like, you know what? I'll just skip. So some something, uh, I guess, a little bit on the contrary, though, to that. So one of the things I love most about running is that it gives me a new appreciation for different places. So whenever I am in a different place, I like to go for a run because I just see the place in a different way. So if I can run, I can run. I'll do that. If I feel like it's going to cause stress to get a workout in when I'm traveling, sometimes I just use it as a time to be like, okay, I work hard nine times out of 10 during my normal day to day, like this is a period of time where I can relax and kind of take the time off. And so I would offer like a contrary perspective to what you said, which is like, be super prepared for it to reflect. And if you feel like you can give yourself a little bit of a break, sometimes it's the best too, because you're, you're more in the moment, you're less thinking about when you're going to get that workout in. And for me, like that's been the route that I've taken in certain situations where like if I'm home with family that I haven't seen in a while, sometimes I'd rather just spend that time with them. All right, let's be realistic. Who's the one in our relationship that's like, yo, we can just chill more? <laughs> I'm speaking out of truth here that I really think that that's something I've been doing more of. Like, Okay, more of, but I'm saying in the entirety of our relationship, who's the guy that's like more chill when it comes to this? I don't know. You're the one who's like, I need to find a gym tomorrow or else. Okay, after seven days. like. Okay, well, it's just I, like, I never said that, so. Okay, because. Who's the one? But you're also the one that's just like, oh, I, like every day I got to go run. No, like, I, I'm not. I'm just saying, I think that there is an alternative perspective that I've been adopting more. As you can see, uh, we're still we're still working at this. We're always going to be a work in progress and finding our own path and what our journey looks like. But yeah, those are some tips for you to set yourself up for success to work out during the holidays because not only is it physically better for you, mentally and spiritually, it's gonna help you out and you're just gonna have a better time. So a lot of people talk about getting in shape during the holidays and during the new year. They talk about it. Doesn't always happen though. So this is another rapid fire, more like practical, like can you fire off some tips Yes. for people to actually take action. Okay. This Number one, season. stop creating overambitious targets. Okay, I think that's that's number that's one. Number, number two, one. two. So you don't want me to explain any of this. No. Okay. Number two, do something that you know you're going to enjoy. Number three, figure out when in your day is optimal to get it done. Be adaptable with that. Number four. These are great. Don't do what everybody else is doing just because they're doing it. Number five, figure out why you want to get healthier or fitter in the first place. What is going to be the driving force behind your action? Number six, set it up as if it were an appointment that you have for work or a meeting or a super important thing because it is that important. And that's something I've learned over the years is it can move around in my day if it has to, but it's just as important as those other meetings that 
I deem important. I love those. And the only thing that I'm going to add to that is invest in yourself. So I want you, if you're listening to this and you really, really want to make a change going into 2022, I want you to put your money where your mouth is. Pay for a coach, pay for a mentor, pay for somebody who's already done what you're trying to do to give you the structure and accountability that you need to actually create months worth of habits so that you change your life. Yeah, I think sometimes it does really help to have an outside person hold you accountable or even just be the person to help you identify where you have some blind spots in what you think is your optimal schedule because we all have that, right? So. Yep, Michael Jordan had a coach in a lot of different areas. He's the best basketball player ever. Last question in the fitness. This is another kind of quick one. You got 20 minutes to work out. You're on the go. What type of moves are you doing to get the most bang for your buck? No running. Do I have any equipment? Zero equipment. What are you focused on the most? When you say most bang for your buck, though, how do you define that? I would say you want to sweat. You want to work on your muscles and then also feel great afterwards. So you only have 20 minutes, but you want to feel good going into whatever that you're going into. Okay. I would say I'd probably do 15 minutes of some sort of high intensity interval training work, which includes plyometrics, anything that will challenge functional fitness. So incorporating lots of different body parts. So moves that do that would be like mountain climbers, burpees, squats, squat jumps, push-ups, anything where you can maybe like use a bench to hop up onto something. Those kind of moves that will get your whole body engaged. And then I would probably spend five minutes stretching, cooling down, focusing on mobility, getting your heart rate down before you go on to your next thing. Cool. I would kind of do a half and half. So I'd probably split it up where I would want my heart rate over 120 for five to 10 minutes. Why? just to get the blood pumping. So I'd start off with getting my heart rate up. So it would look like jumping jacks, mountain climbers, things to get the heart rate up, but also things that are low risk to injury because uh, you don't want to get injured when you're on vacation or traveling. And then the last half of the workout, it would be challenging my muscles. So if there's a, you mentioned a bench, slow tricep dips, things that aren't easy to do, handstands up against a wall or something. I can fortunately do one off of a wall, Things that are really going to challenge my strength, but aren't going to get my heart rate that elevated and then roll right into whatever we're doing that day. But I love your response on any other day. I would do what you did. And that's, that's the beauty of fitness is just, you get to pick and choose what you like to do. I kind of gave you those constraints of like feeling good, sweating a little bit and boosting yourself up. So that's dependent on the person. And really that's what I wanted to show there is just like, if you got 20 minutes, do something that is going to challenge you, but you're also going to enjoy. Last topic of the day, most important thing to us recently has been sleep. And the stats are showing that that's not something that a lot of people are focused on, nor do they get quality or quantity for that matter. So what are some simple tips to getting better sleep when you are not in the comfort of your own home or bed? I think the things that can impact your sleep the most are eating too close to the time that you're going to fall asleep. So that's something I literally experienced last night. I ate too close to bed, didn't have a great sleep. So cutting that off like two to three hours before you're going to go to bed. Going to bed earlier. I think we all waste a lot of time as the hours get closer to midnight, not really doing much of anything. So if you can assess and go to bed earlier, you'll get more hours. You can make sure it is cool in the room, wherever Remember, the question was, what can you do when you're not at home? Like, what makes it more comfortable? You could do all these things. You can, but I'm just saying, relate it to that. What makes it more comfortable? Yeah, make sure it's dark. Make sure it's cool. Make sure you're stopped eating before, two, a couple hours before. Make sure you're not wasting time before bed, just not doing anything, just go to sleep. I like white noise. I don't know if anybody else likes that. How would you use white noise? You can either have like a fan or I use uh, the Calm app. They have a bunch of great peaceful noises. Also meditate before bed. So that, that's that been helping me a lot lately too. Calm app again is good for that. Or I just do my own meditation. Reading, reading also helps too. 
but it has to be a light read. I've noticed I, I like to read a lot of nonfiction, like sciencey books, and that's just not the, not guess, <laughs> not sticking in at that hour. It's fiction, more for the morning. Fiction fairy tales. Yeah, that'll do it. Just light, nice, happy reads. Yeah, I think those would be my tips. Sleep is a tricky one because again, everybody needs you know when you feel good and when you don't feel good when you wake up in the morning and I think it's one of those things that until you really like sit down and are self-aware with it you don't understand what is making you feel good and what is not so some of the things that I would do that Aaron left out is reduce your alcohol intake traveling during the holidays a lot of forgot that one because I don't drink (laughs) yeah so people are drinking during the holidays so if if I'm you and and you do drink I would minimize it. If you know you're going to bed at 11 or 12 at night, I would try to have your last drink at least four to five hours prior and then water. Reduce your sugar intake. That's another one because you're obviously probably going to have a lot of desserts. So, But I think one one point here is like, how do we get people to view sleep as more important than they're viewing it now? It's one thing to, to give these tips. It's another thing to talk about why sleep is so important because I don't think that's the whole problem. People have learned how to function off of very minimal sleep and they haven't felt the negative effects of that yet manifest in their life, even though it's bound to. So I think we're all kind of individual in terms of what our optimal sleep needs are. But the reason why sleep is so important is because when you don't get as much sleep as you need to get, you are putting extra stress and inflammation on your body that will compound over time. It's such a contributor to other problems that can arise. What is the number one exercise that most people should be doing is sleep? Yeah. So that, I mean, and that's a great point too. Like I used to, in college, I would get up super early every morning just so I can get a workout in before all my classes and studying and everything. And I look back now and I'm like, it would have been probably more beneficial for me to sleep longer most of those days. And so I have that mindset now where it's like, if I can't get the workout in at the end of my day or in the middle of my day or something, it's not worth the lack of sleep because in a priority standpoint, so I, it's more important for me. I, I was kind of going to end with, it's awesome you were on the same page. I was kind of going to end on, on the note that you're saying, but what I was going to say is you have to use the word priority earlier. A lot of people put exercise and nutrition as a priority to their health and completely forget sleep. And that was something I did for honestly the past decade until the last year and a half, two years where everything else checked, nutrition check, exercise check, mental health check, but I still just was feeling off. And not until I got the aura ring and the, and the whoop and started looking at like, wow, like, this is telling me to sleep substantially more than I am to recover from the amount of things that I put my body through on a daily basis and energy that I use. The thing that I think that we've done well is, and we both probably haven't done well in the past, is like we're go-getters and like we want to do things on our own and things like that. I think one thing that we have done well with sleep is kind of surrender to the stats a little bit and say, you know what, like, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to go all in and say, and one way is like, we've literally, we used to, I look at our stats. We used to like go to bed around 11, 1130 versus now we're like, we're going upstairs at 930 and, and really taking that extra hour to go to sleep. And then in the morning, we're not as strict as like how many, how often I used to just wake up and like get after it rather than waking up, meditating, writing, journaling, and, and kind of switching everything around to what is the most important thing for us to do in terms of our health? We've kind of been a little bit more flexible with our nutrition, a little bit more flexible with our exercise than we were in our past, but sleep is that staple. And that's where even when you're traveling, you need to make the sleep the staple because your everything else during the day is going to be that much better. That's why I'm such an advocate for heart rate variability too and tracking that because it's the one metric that will tell you if a behavior has a positive or negative influence on your lifestyle. So because it can be measured on a daily basis and certain wearables track it like Aura and Whoop, you can see the impact of getting more sleep almost immediately. And say what you want about wearables and tracking it, 
regularly. I think it's been a really good tool for me to be able to see the trend and visualize over time that, yeah, I mean, when I go to bed at 930 and wake up at six, I'm way more productive and ready to perform athletically. So I think it's been a great addition to optimizing health. Yeah, it's it's changed my life. And all these topics have honestly changed my life. And I hope everything that we discussed here today uh, changed yours. I think this topic and these kind of themes are something that can be redundant over time. But ultimately, the cool thing about science is we're learning every single day, every single week, every single year. And it's something that you should really invest your time into learning about yourself and your own personal health, because that's going to help you live a better life. And ultimately, that's what we're here to do at Thrive on Life. And I'd love to ask you just to end, what was your biggest takeaway? The biggest takeaway for me is the reflection that if we were to have this exact episode five years ago, or even 10 years ago, my answers would be different. And I think that's the beauty of it. And one thing I want to do is continue to evolve my perspective of what true health means to me. And that's just having an open mind to learning more about my own needs and body and how I can optimally perform in life and just adapting to life. And I think that that's uh, one of the coolest parts of this. A lot of what we shared today were lessons learned from the past, and hopefully we can continue to do that. It's an amazing response, and I think the, the biggest takeaway I have is when you use the word agile, how can I continue to be more agile with my health in the future and be open to new science, new data, new ways of doing things, and, and really stepping into it with open arms of less rigidity, like you had mentioned. So whether you take a piece of our hacks to implement in your life or it's just that and it, and this inspires you to be a little more flexible with your lifestyle and open-minded towards new things that will influence you in a positive way, then that's what we hoped. Awesome. Well, as always, we would love to connect with you. And if you have any other questions, please reach out to Aaron and I. We would love to connect and chat further on these topics. It's something that we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into to end this year and into 2022. So we would love any questions that you would have or any themes that you think that we should be chatting about. It's something that we're super passionate about is educating the world on how to live healthier and happier lives. So we would love to connect with you. Above and beyond that, the one thing that you can do for me is go to the Apple Podcasts app and rate and review this podcast. It'll help Aaron's answers and messages and good vibes get out to more people. And that's really what this world needs is to connect and educate each other. So lastly, if you have anything that we could be doing better here at Thrive on Life or on the podcast in itself, please connect with me at cj.finley. I'd love to talk with you about it because we're trying to make this thing better for you. So until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.